Yemen is a country in the Middle East that had a large Jewish community for many, many years. The Imam of Yemen lived in his capital city of Sana. He had a young son, the crown prince, whom he loved dearly. The crown prince was very wise and very handsome. When he rode through the streets on his white Arab horse, he looked more impressive than any Arab prince in the entire world, and all of the Arab mothers looked from behind their veils and wished that their sons would be like the crown prince and that their daughters would be able to marry someone just like the crown prince. The Jews in the city of Sana also loved the crown prince, and whenever he would visit them in the Jewish section of the city, they would all turn out to show him honor. The Imam of Yemen, who was basically like the king, had a Jewish advisor. There was no law or tax or anything that the king would put on his subjects unless he first consulted his Jewish advisor about it. If it was good for the people, as well as good for the king, then the Jewish advisor would tell the king that the law was a good idea. But if the law was only good for the king, or only good for the king and some of the people, but not all of the people, then the Jewish advisor would tell the king to reject the law. This caused many of the other ministers of the king to resent the Jewish advisor. They became even more jealous when the king decided to appoint his Jewish advisor to the position of chancellor, placing all of the affairs of state in his hands. The king's ministers felt they had no choice but to begin plotting to bring down the chancellor. And at the same time, they hoped to destroy the Jewish community in Yemen once and for all. They felt that the Jews had too much control over commerce, too many merchants, too much business was being done by the Jews that they felt should be their business. So they bribed the two servants of the crown prince to join them in their plot. One afternoon, the crown prince, with his two servants, went for a ride through the streets of Sana. As the sun began to set, the servants said to their master, Your Royal Highness, tonight the Jews are celebrating their festival of Purim. They prepare delicious foods, they drink delicious wine, and they have lots of fun. Let us ride to the Jewish section of our city and visit their celebration. Surely they will invite us to join. The suggestion was well received by the crown prince, and they made their way to the Jewish section of the city. When the crown prince and his two servants arrived at the gate of the shoal, the Chacham Bashi and the heads of the community were waiting to greet their visitor with all of the honor and all of the respect and all of the love that he deserved. The chancellor, who was there to hear Megillah, was also there to greet the prince. The prince's servants, one on either side of the prince, jumped off of their horses and hurried to help the prince dismount. As they had planned, one of them unsheathed his short dagger and pointed it upwards, while the other one held the prince's foot in the stirrup, so the prince fell from the horse 
onto the sharp dagger, where it pierced his heart, and the prince fell dead at their feet. The two servants had assassinated the prince so expertly that no one had seen what had happened. It was, after all, almost dark. Immediately, the two servants began to shout that the Jews had murdered the crown prince. They left the dead body of the prince lying in front of the shul, and they galloped back to the palace. The Jews were shocked by the catastrophe. The joyous spirit of Purim gave way to grief and sorrow and anxiety. The king wailed over the death of his beloved son and heir to his throne. He believed the story that the prince's servants had told him, that the crown prince had been assassinated by the Jews. The king ordered his army to surround the Jewish section. Nobody is allowed in, and no one is allowed out. He gave the Jews three days to deliver to him the one who had killed his beloved son. If they failed to do so, the Jewish quarter would be set on fire and all of the Jews in it, men, women, and children, would perish in the flames. The Jewish chancellor tried to convince the king that the Jews could not have committed such a crime against God and against the king as it's against the Jewish religion to do so. But the king would not listen. He removed the chancellor's title and ordered the chancellor to return to the Jewish section to share the fate of the community. As usual, in such times, the Chachambashi ordained a public fast and called upon all of the Jews to pray to Hashem with all of their hearts. He announced that the fast would last for three days. All the Jews of Sana were to fast, men, women, and even children, no food or water during the day. Older Jews were to remain in the shul day and night, saying to Hillim, Everyone davened with a broken heart and with eyes filled with tears. On the third day, as the deadline approached and the impending doom could be felt by everyone, they davened harder than ever before and their cries ascended to the heavenly throne. Late in the afternoon of the third day, as the deadline was approaching, a little boy said to his mother, Ima, Hashem has accepted our prayers. Now please give me something to eat. I'm very hungry. The mother was worried. Don't talk like that, my son. The Chacham ordered us to fast, and until the Chacham says so, we have to remain fasting. But the boy continued to ask, Ima, there's no need to fast anymore. Hashem has accepted our tefillahs. So the mother took her child to the Chacham Bashi. The boy repeated to the Chacham what he had said to his mother. There's no longer any need to fast, Rabbi. Hashem has accepted our tefillahs. Did you go to Cheder this morning? asked the Chacham. Yes. And what did you learn in Cheder this morning? asked the Chacham. I learned that David HaMelech said in Tehillim, out of the mouths of babies and tiny infants, you have ordained your strength because of your enemies to destroy the enemy 
and the Avenger. Then the boy said something extraordinary. Rabbi, if you take me to the king, I will tell him who really killed his son. The boy was washed and dressed in Shabbos clothes and was taken to the palace by the Chacham Bashi and the former chancellor. They had just enough time to get there before the deadline where the king was waiting for an answer. They were shown into the throne room where, in an open golden coffin, lay the body of the crown prince, surrounded by the king, the other ministers, and the crown prince's two servants. The boy stepped forward. His face was pale. His eyes were steely and determined, and his voice was firm. Your Majesty, God Almighty has sent me to tell you who really killed your beloved son. The boy approached the coffin and placed a small piece of cloth, a parchment, on the prince's forehead. On the parchment was written the word MS in Hebrew, Aleph, Mem, and Saf. Truth. Tell us the truth, said the boy to the dead prince. Who really killed you? As everyone watched, awestruck, the dead prince sat up and pointed a finger to his two servants who were standing there. They began to tremble and shake. Return to your sleep, O prince, said the boy. At once the aleph from the word MS disappeared, and only the last two letters remained, mem and saf, spelling out the word mace, which means the opposite of life. The two servants fell to the ground before the king, begging the king for mercy. But since they had no mercy on the prince, who they killed in cold blood, and they had no mercy on the many Jewish children and their parents who they wished to kill too, the king had no mercy on them. He told them that if they wished a swift death rather than a long, painful death, they must tell him the names of the wicked ministers who had helped them as they plotted the assassination of the crown prince and the downfall of the Jews. And they decided to tell the king the names of those ministers, and they were hanged along with the servants, ten in all. For the Jews of Yemen, it was a Yeshua Gedela, and they resolved to observe this special Purim every year on the day after Shushan Purim as an additional day of rejoicing and feasting and giving thanks to God Almighty. And the young boy grew up to be a tzaddik. And when the Chacham Bashi's neshama left his goof behind, the boy was chosen to succeed him as the head of all of the Tamani Jews.